Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mortgage and Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by the Pinnacle Loans. My name is Chris Giannino, and as usual, I am joined by my brother and business partner, Pete Giannino. Pete, how's it going? Chris, it's going very well. Good to be with you today, as always. Um, Today, we are going to talk about the mortgage, the fundamental principles of the mortgage process when it comes to home buying. We're going to talk about your expectations and demonstrate how those expectations must align with the mortgage principles and requirements. So we're going to talk about things that you want to know about, like credit, down payment, monthly payment, interest rate, and closing costs. The sexy stuff. Yeah, some of our favorite topics. It is the purchase season right now, so we need to really be mindful of what our customers are thinking about. And sometimes you and I will ask questions that might seem unimportant to our clients, but it's today we're going to talk about why we're asking some of those questions, because we want to make sure what you are expecting and what you are desiring is satisfied. So, Chris, I think how we kind of dive into this today probably starts with that initial communication we have with our prospective borrowers, our purchasers, people who are in the market right now to buy a home. When they're reaching out to us, the common thing we hear is, I'm exploring my options to buy a home. I need to get a pre-approval letter. Is that pretty much the common thing you're hearing? Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, um, in many cases, they're referred to us by uh, friends, family, their real estate professional, and they are directed to call us. And and then we, we work up a pre-approval. I think this is a great uh, podcast for anyone who is in the market for a home, who's considering a home by the end of the month, who's considering purchasing a home in the next six months, or... Uh, or who, who just has general questions on, you know, what can I get a pre-approved for and what's the process look like? This is a good overview, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and interestingly, it's people seem to not at all be surprised that they have to provide some basic employment background, um, income, asset information. That seems to be very uh, expected. But frequently, we ask deeper questions more specific questions or, or, or even broader questions to understand what you're trying to accomplish. And I think that is, you know, our, our position in doing that is to make sure we know exactly what you want. But like you like to say, you know, no snowflake is the same. So ev- even though the guidelines might be what they are for mortgages, every person's situation is different. So we want to make sure that we put our clients in a product that makes sense for what they're trying to accomplish. Um, so f- first of all, you know, beyond just general income and employment and asset information, we need to explore a person's credit. And so one of the most common questions we receive with respect to credit is, you know, how long is this good for if you look at my credit? Um, can, you, can you address that? Yes, I mean there's a couple different things. Let's jump on the on the credit wagon. Many some people don't want their credit pulled right away because they've they've read this or they've been told that, and and that's understandable to an extent. So there are certain instances. Now we work with some investors and we have some tools where we could do a soft pull 
on credit, which would not negatively impact the credit score at all. So that's one thing if you're further out. Now, most people want a solid pre-approval, and that's when we do a full-blown credit pull, so that way we can look at the entire credit profile, and that gives us one major component and tool to the pre-approval. The credit reports are typically good for 120 days. And what that means is if you find a house and you close your loan within that time period, then we can use the same credit report that we pulled. It's also very important, I would say, and I've, we've all have examples of this, where someone has once a pre-approval, we review their credit, and in doing so, we recognize that they may have a 700 credit score. But there is an opportunity to get the scores significantly higher. And we know that because once we look at the credit report, uh, we know it from experience, but the credit reports also show us the score increase potential, specifically with each credit repository, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. And then we can even take that a step further. We run it through a simulator to say, hey, how can we get from a 700 to a 740 and what needs to happen? Many times it's paid this credit card down from $2,000 balance to maybe a $500 balance. And then we can get that credit score increase. So being prepared, having us review your credit ahead of time does many things. It gets you in a position where you can write an offer on a house because you never can plan exactly for when the right house comes along. It usually happens on a Sunday night when everything's closed. Uh, but you will be prepared for that. But at the same time, it also allows us to take the steps necessary to put you in the position to have the highest credit score, which means you're going to get the best terms and the lowest interest rate. So very important, very productive, and time well spent on having us review your credit ahead of time to make sure you're prepared and saving money on your home loan. Yeah, it, we could spend a whole podcast on credit, and, and maybe we should. Right. I mean, uh, this, this is an overview. I understand that. Yeah. And we could certainly, we could do an entire podcast on just about every one of the points that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. But So with respect to credit, in addition to seeing what your score is in the present and considering what your potential increase is, we also look at credit to make sure you have an eligible credit history, um, make sure there's no derogatory items on there, or if there are derogatory items, maybe we have a solution or a proposal for how to clean them up. But in addition to the score, we're also looking at the monthly liabilities. So anything that appears on there as a current monthly liability, we need to consider in terms of how it affects your monthly debt to income ratio. So oftentimes we get clients who just tell us, oh, my credit score is 720, so that should be good. But it's there's there's more to it than simply accepting the score. We need to see what those liabilities are. Um, that all is part of the eligibility criteria that must be considered. Um, so like Chris said, just to reiterate, it's very important to see that um, information at the outset so we can not only address opportunities to enhance, to increase your credit score, but also to make sure you have the lowest debt-to-income ratio available because that also affects pricing and loan options. Um, so credit, a major, major component of the home buying process and, and certainly one of the things that should be addressed at the outset. Um, another, another component is, is down payment. Um, there are multiple down payment options as long as you're eligible, but down payment does affect the loan process. So in other words, 
you might have you might qualify for a three percent down payment option, a three and a half percent, a five percent, or you may simply want to jump right to a twenty percent down payment option. And all of those, there are reasons to pursue all of them, and you might be eligible for any of them. But your specific situation probably is going to dictate which one makes the most sense. Um, so, Chris, one of the right now as as what are the, some of the considerations? that your clients or that you're, you're communicating with your clients about when contemplating which down payment to pursue? So, I, you know, you talk to, um, yeah, everybody has a unique situation like you had mentioned earlier. I mean, there are there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all mortgage. So when we look at down payment, a buyer may, some people still think that you may need 10% or 20% down. But like Pete had alluded to, there are options where you could put zero down, depending on your circumstances, for a VA loan, USDA loan in certain areas would also qualify for um, no down payment. First-time homebuyers have excellent options to have very small down payments and sometimes buy, uh, down payment assistance. You conventional loans have options for 3% down. Many different things. And when you're making these considerations, we would ask you certain things like how much do you, how much have you um, allocated to the home purchase? And then based on what you have allocated, you may say, hey, I'm, I'm allocating $50,000 to this transaction. And that may, be, that, that may be perfect. But we can work up the numbers and then show you the options where, well, listen, um, take into consideration you may need to make certain repairs each year on a home, or you may want to furnish the home right when you get in, or you may just want to keep some of that money for reserves. But if you have genuinely allocated $50,000 for this transaction and you have plenty of reserves elsewhere for all of the things that we talk about, then great, you're going to put down the 50000 Or we may dissect it and say, hey, listen, you can also put down 10%, which in a certain instance may come to like 40000 because that's usually where the benefit would come in, in 5% increments. Like if you put down 5%, 10%, 15%, or 20%, there's not really a whole lot of benefit to put down um, 12%. Because if there is um, what we could touch on, private mortgage insurance involved. Private mortgage insurance is an extra cost, an extra insurance that is added to all mortgages when you have less than a 20% down payment. But that changes in 5% increments. Like I was saying, the PMI, the private mortgage insurance, is less if you put down 10% than if you put down 5%. And it's even less if you put down 15% rather than 10%. So we could go through there. So that way, you're not just throwing a number out there. We want to find the number that makes the most sense for your situation and then take it from there. Also, you may be getting a gift from a relative, which is absolutely acceptable um, when it comes to down payment, but um, we want to walk you through those steps on how to do it ahead of time to save you trouble because everything, as you know, in the mortgage industry, when it comes to getting a home loan, at least home loans with the best rates and terms, needs to be documented. So when those, those uh, sources for down payment need to be documented, it's very important to take care of that on the outset, like Pete had said, because that way it's much smoother. We avoid 
uh, headache and hassle on your end. We could explain to you exactly how to do it to make it very simple. Um, is the money in the bank? Are you taking it from stocks and bonds, a retirement account, equity in the current home that you're, you're going to take it out of? So lots of considerations. Now, we're going to be throwing a ton of information at you on this podcast because it's an overview. But realize that when we ask these questions, we're taking the information in and then we'll break it down even further to ask you um, the next round of questioning and then present you with the options based on what you told me. You have 50000 total. You want to be in this house between five to seven years. Um, you have a, a child on the way. You started a job, but you are going to uh, expect a bonus in the next six months. All of those things are considerations on figuring out what's uh, the best loan for you because what you are comfortable with and what you actually qualify for are two different things typically. Yeah, we might even advise you or or provide you an option to in, increase your down payment post closing. Sometimes we ha- sometimes it makes sense for someone to uh, reduce their principal with a large payment after closing. We can explore that option with you. You know, you could think of it as like the 7 Rs when you're contemplating your down payment options. Do you have repairs? Do you need reserves? Do you intend on renovations? Are you going to buy recliners? Are you going to retire soon? Are you trying to reduce your monthly payment? Or are you going to receive a gift or a bonus? Think of seven R's, any of these R's, and probably any other R word would apply in this case. That's true. I I, uh, I don't know. I don't have uh, no. my... Your R vocabulary is limited, and that's fine. It is fine. limited right now. I'm, I'm a little foggy in the R's today. I don't know why. My T's, I can do a lot of T's right now, but the R's are... <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. I'm really good at hangman. But the seven R's could contemplate it. Um, and we'll, we'll discuss that. And again, you might tell us on day one that you want 5%, but as we go forward, you decide based on market conditions, your conditions, circumstances change, you go with 20%. We're going to walk you through those. We're, we're going to give you flexibility and demonstrate how it makes sense in your particular situation. Now, one thing too, Pete, I don't want to backtrack and go back, but right now, so far we talked about credit and then we went into down payment. Okay, so one thing is I want to touch on the credit real quick. Right now, there are options where we have loan options with credit scores as low as a 580 credit score. We're as, as owners of a mortgage brokerage, we work with many different wholesale banks. So we have uh, banks that we work with that, allow for a 580 credit score. Other banks that we work with may start with the 600, some with the 620. So we have, you know, we take a lot of pride in it. That's part of the reason we opened the brokerage so we could have options and provide those to our clients. So I just want to touch on that real quick as regards to the credit report. So we got credit. We talked about down payment. Um, yep. Very, you know, very good point. Now, now, now the next thing that, you know, some people worry about what they're cash out of hand is and that's you know down payment is a big component of that and then uh, you know most people also have some concern about what their monthly payment's going to be what's going to be that obligation on a recurring basis well and also Pete when you touched on the uh, the money that you brought to the table down payment but then you also have your closing cost absolutely that's a that that is a that's a part that a lot of people are unaware of, it seems. So the down payment is that 5, 10, 20% that we just alluded to, but closing costs, which which cover a wide variety of areas, including 
title insurance, appraisal, homeowners insurance, real estate taxes, loan uh, fees, um, and you know all those add up, and those must be included as a part of the money you bring to closing. So it's essentially one lump sum between your down payment and your closing costs uh, that that is required as part of the closing. So so let me ask you this. Let's just so the so the listeners can walk out of here with something in their head, you know. So let's say if I bought a five hundred thousand dollar house and I wanted to put down five percent on a down payment and then I had closing costs and prepaid items on top of that. In general, I'm not gonna hold you to it, but total, what could I expect to have to bring in combined so that I can move into the house? What am I gonna need? Just in general, like a scope. Well, we know we know at five percent down, we have twenty five thousand dollars there. Five percent of five hundred thousand, and then on top of that, you can expect a closing costs and prepaid items like what I just what I just listed to perhaps be another um, seven to eleven thousand dollars. You know, so it, we're on top of that, and it depends, of course, of course, on the market conditions. It depends on the cost of homeowners insurance, the cost of the real estate taxes attributed to that particular property. So that's why there's a range involved. There are um, obviously taxes generally are on the rise lately. So, you know, we have to we have to review that in every instance. So, again, going back to your example, on a five hundred thousand dollar purchase, down payment and closing costs, maybe a total of thirty five thousand uh, $37,000. Got it. Okay. That's perfect. That's a good, that's a good place to start. I agree with that. Now you know what you would need. If, if you wanted to put down, uh, if you're a first time home buyer, you might be able to put down 3% with that. So anyways, we got, uh, we got the money needed for closing. We talked a little bit about credit. Um, what do you want to jump into next? Yeah. So we, it's kind of a, I alluded, I, I referenced it, um, before I was remiss in, in addressing the closing costs, but now, um, the next two topics kind of go together, and they are the monthly payment and interest rate. Um, clearly, the, the interest rate affects the monthly payment. And the, the, the components of a, of a traditional monthly payment include your principal amount, your interest rate, real estate taxes, and homeowner's insurance. And in some instances, when it's less, when the down payment is less than 20%, in some of instances, there is also private mortgage insurance. And then additionally, in some instances, there's a homeowner's association fee that needs to be uh, considered. So in each property, you know, those numbers are going to be different. And on a different day in the market, the interest rate is going to be different. So um, we have to look at the monthly payment as part of that initial debt-to-income ratio calculation. And that's part of the pre-approval process. So we have to, we have to estimate some of those categories of costs as part of that monthly payment to determine what a borrower may qualify for. Of course, after you're under contract, then we have a much clearer idea of what that monthly payment's going to look like. Um, so we know, well, let's, let's talk about, I guess, the, the thing people want to talk about mostly, I think, of, of those categories has to be interest rate. And it's no secret that interest rates today are higher than interest rates um, 
know, a year ago. And we have touched on that in previous podcasts. But, you know, right now, we're, our job today is going to provide you some overview of the considerations you should have and that we, that we have when determining how to select an interest rate. Um, Chris, just, you know, uh, you, you mentioned we're brokers and, and, you know, how does that, how does that impact our access to interest rates? Well, different banks will, they, they, um, they want more home loans at different times. You know, banks, if they are trying to increase their home loan intake, they may decrease their interest rates for a period of time. So anytime we talk to a borrower, we always look at all of the wholesale mortgage companies that we work with to see who's offering the best and lowest rates at that particular time. And if you're ever shopping a mortgage and you're doing it before you find a home, you really want to, here's the thing, you want to work with somebody you trust, somebody who can uh, really walk you through the process and knows what to look for to um, structure your loan in a manner that best fits your situation. Rates are always going to be pretty close uh, between each bank, I would say, although some banks are going to be slightly lower. But no matter what, if you are going to compare, you would want to compare on the same day and sometimes in the same part of the day because the rates literally change daily and throughout the day. So um, it's important to it's important to, you know, you could see who's reliable out there. You could, you could talk to somebody that can actually structure the loan that's going to be- benefit you the most, and certainly uh, rate is a part of that. Uh, but if you work with a company that has resources, they're going to be able to find you a very strong rate uh, that's going to that's gonna be very competitive with anybody out there. When you're, say you're pre-approved also. So let's say you're pre-approved, like we use the number 500,000. Say you're pre-approved for 500,000. You're walking around with a $500,000 pre-approval in your hand. And you, but you're looking at houses more like 450,000 and, uh, you may, um, you know, you may have a, a, a payment estimate from your broker and your, your mortgage individual explaining what your payment's going to be. But, you know, you're looking at houses that are 450, 460, 470, 420, and you want to know how that's going to affect your payment. I'm going to give you just a quick rule of thumb right now with the way rates are every 10,000 financed is approximately 60 to 65 dollars a month um, uh, that's so if you're if you're looking at a place that's 450 and you're like man what's it going to take do I really want to go up another 10,000 because I know that's what it's going to take to win the house if you end up financing another 10,000 you could think to yourself okay great that's going to be another 60 to 65 dollars a month so just give you a rule of thumb there but um but yeah, that, that gives you a little breakdown on what to consider when you're looking at rates and payments. I mean, you, you got to really know what you're getting into. I just had a, a client the other day, uh, yesterday, who was under contract on an investment property, uh, but wasn't prepared necessarily on what the payment breakdown was going to be. I was the second lender they spoke with. So I spoke to them right before they put in the offer. They just needed an updated pre-approval. It was, a, it was a rush situation, which happens often, but typically we like to go over all the specifics with the borrower ahead of time. In this instance, they needed to make a certain amount of money, and they didn't realize that, oh, interest rates for investment properties are going to be higher than they are for primary residents. And it threw off what they needed to make monthly. So 
they ended up backing out of that contract. So it's extremely important to be prepared ahead of time. So that way you don't waste your time. You don't waste your real estate agent's time that you're working with. And you can be really prepared going into an offer with total confidence. That's what we want our clients to be. They want to be confident. They can put the offer in knowing where they stand. And, uh, and you know, it just it reduces the stress level. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we're doing this particular podcast is to manage expectations, make sure you – to provide a little more education for everyone involved in the transaction so that you feel comfortable with how you're proceeding. Um, interest rates do change quickly, like Chris said. Uh, you uh, That's another component of being prepared. We have resources available that alert us to rate – potential rate increases and potential rate decreases so we have to we then establish communication with our clients and hopefully have gained their trust so that when we say now is a good time they can be ready to be prepared to act in securing and or locking that rate um, I just had one more thought about interest rates because it's a question that's come up a number of times where prospective borrowers are asking, why it, Why does my pre-approval letter lack an interest rate? You, you, why didn't you put a, an interest rate on the pre-approval letter? And again, we might issue a pre-approval. Chris referenced how, how long credit pulls are good for, 120 days generally. And uh, um, the market, a lot can happen in that, in that time frame. So generally speaking... Interest rates are locked after you're under contract. Um, we estimate an interest rate on, based on the market conditions at the time that the pre-approval is issued, and but that may be different at the time you en- you enter into a contract. So we, you, it's it's very reasonable to communicate with your mortgage broker about what how rates look at the time that you are looking at a particular home. In other words, you if you get your pre-approval today, March 15th, and you want to make an offer on March 20th, then let's review again the market conditions prior to making that offer. Um so now we've we've kind of, and again, we I the, we got we really dove a little deeper into the interest rate, but of course there's not much to address with respect to principal, except, of course, that does impact down pay- that does impact your monthly payment, and we can explore the different options um, that you would desire on that principal amount and how that might affect your monthly payment. But generally, the interest rate, taxes, and insurance are the things that are going to have that we're going to look at and have the most impact that you're unaware of until you find a particular property. Um, so now we've dealt with credit, down payment, monthly payment, interest rate, and closing costs. You know, those are that's a, kind of a broad but important overview of of the mortgage buying, the mortgage and home buying process. Uh, it's more than just getting a pre-approval letter and submitting an offer, as you can see. So, Chris, anything else that we need to talk about? I mean, yeah, I would just say, you know. Um, A lot of people also want to know, like, say they're renting right now and they have another month or two on their lease, you know, or maybe they have uh, another mortgage that's closing in a a month and a half. And some people want to make sure they're not getting 
they would prefer not to get stuck with double payments on some of these things. So just to give you an idea, if you are closing, let's say, let's say you're closing on April 10th. Well, the interest for the month of April is included in your closing cost. And mortgage payments are made in arrears. So the new interest on that mortgage would start May 1st. And your first payment would be due June 1st. So if you close a loan at the beginning of April, your first payment is due June 1st. So in many cases, you can avoid double paying. And that's why it comes to, like our last podcast, the strategic, agile, prepared. We want to know the overall picture because then we can plan it out with you and your real estate professional on, hey, maybe consider closing on this date or that date based on your situation. So, I mean, uh, also you had mentioned about, you know, rates changing and uh, from the time of pre-approval to when you actually get under contract. Sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down, sometimes they stay the same. What we like to do at Pinnacle, a common practice for us is to stay in touch with the people that we have pre-approved weekly so that way we can update them on, hey, listen, this is what's going on with rates. They, they went up a little bit or, hey, they went down a little bit. If you found a house that you really like, it may be worth getting a little bit more aggressive on it because it's the difference of $10,000. You, you're going you're gonna to pay $10,000 less just because the rates are that much better or, or whatnot. So those type of details go into the strategy of making an offer on a house. Rates dipped a little bit. Rates went up a little bit. So it's really important to communicate that. Also, we like to communicate with the real estate agent that our clients are working with on a weekly basis or a monthly basis as well, whatever situation uh, calls for. So that way we can make sure, hey, I know we had these people pre-approved when rates were at 4%, but now rates are at 7%. We want to make sure they still are qualified for the same amount. So it's very important to stay in close communication with somebody you trust, somebody who's going to be around so that, and you know, that way they can, they can give you sound advice. Uh, you don't want to get in a situation where you're under contract and all of a sudden you're in trouble on what you can actually get qualified for. That doesn't really happen with our clients. We stay in really strong communication. Um, the uh, investor that that we worked with just a couple days ago that I told you about, that was a very rare instance, but it's a very important consideration because I wanted to uh, really note that because they just assumed that uh, everything was going to be the same as a primary investment property. And we, we had a shotgun that pre-approval over really quickly when normally we like to spend a little bit more time with our buyers to go over everything. So the importance of that is, is uh, it's, it's, you know, it's you put it high. at a high level, really. Yeah, any type of, anything we can do or you can do to be prepared is the right thing to do. <laughs> and Chris, unfortunately, you always inspire me to talk a little more. So I have one more thing. When you talk about communication... And, and, we, and we tie that to interest rates and the market conditions. You know, one of the tools we also have it, it is one in which we can be alerted when our clients have an opportunity to lower their interest rate in the future. So if you are concerned about interest rates today, but you still want to move forward with a home, you're not, you get a 30-year mortgage. That doesn't mean you have to pay on that mortgage for 30 years. 
there could be an opportunity to refinance to, and take advantage of improved market conditions down the road. And we'll stay on top of that. We'll look for opportunities for you uh, to lower your interest payment and then, of course, your monthly payment. Um, but I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure we address that. People, I had a guy ask me today, we, he wanted to proceed with locking your rate, and he just wanted to make sure that didn't mean locking your rate did not preclude him from some future opportunity to refinance. And I assured him, no, he, he would still have an opportunity for that, but it was an important point. Um, so I think that's all for today. That, that's a lot. We talked very quickly, hopefully understandably. Um, but please don't hesitate to reach out. Don't forget to subscribe to the Mortgage Real Estate Podcast, sponsored by Pinnacle Home Loans. Um, thanks again for joining us today. Absolutely. Please feel free to reach out with any questions. You can call us. You can go to thepinnacleloans.com for our contact information. And we look forward to talking to you next time.